This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Hey everybody, it's H, and welcome to the latest installment of Dune Pod, your one-stop shop to get ready for the new Dune movie, or just talk about great movies if you don't care about Dune. This week, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Jason... Well, we didn't have Facebook yet, so right. we had to, uh, you know, get our fake news <laughs> in the grocery aisle. And by cartoonist sensation and co-host and editor of the hit new podcast, Film Hags, Mel Mendez. <laughs> Something to mind, John. <laughs> On this episode, we discuss the 1990 dark comedy starring Keanu Reeves, River Phoenix, Kevin Klein, Tracy Ullman, and William Hurt. I love you to death. We cover monogamy and long-term relationships, the appeal of true crime, and the enduring legacy of religion in our lives. If you're enjoying the show, check out our Discord server where you can hang out with us whenever you want. The link is in the show notes. And now, without further ado, I love you to death. You guys ready to rock? You guys got something to drink? Let's live this life. Let's Mm -hmm. live this life. My baby is screaming, just screaming in the background as she has been for... (laughs) About an hour, and my son uh, is a terrorist, and... <laughs> don't negotiate with him. I mean, the, the the problem is if you don't negotiate, it shoots, he shoots the hostage. So <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of your choice <laughs> what, you, what you want to happen. Children really are tiny terrorists. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so let me just ask, in the one day since the Film Hags podcast launched, Mel, how has your life changed? <laughs> well, I'm getting phone calls left and right. Yeah. Have you guys optioned like, it as a, as a series? Yeah, like Oprah called me yesterday. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How'd she get your number? The internet, man. Oprah's got, Oprah's got people. Oprah's like a sovereign nation state. <laughs> yeah, she <doesn't>... people. <laughs> she called Chuck and then Chuck put her through to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, why don't you tell folks just about Film Hags, since this is a, a breaking news as part of Tape Deck Podcast, but but give us the quick rundown on what Film Hags is. So it's a podcast I started with three of my newest BFFs, Sophie, Boom, and Maggie. We met through, basically met through the 70 millimeter Discord, which is like yeah. a fun, beautiful place to be. Absolutely. And yeah, Boom is a co-host of Synonauts as well. Mm-hmm. Like since Chuck started Bat and Spider with Dale, like I've always wanted to do, um, to do a podcast. So like, so like we all join forces and then, yeah, let's just talk about movies and call out all the shitty dudes in the movies. <laughs> I guess. And the hot dudes. Yeah. And the snacks. And hot women. Yeah. Right, you're, all the you're, snacks. You're, you, you guys are equal opportunity hags and snacks, and mm-hmm. you know, calling out all that goodness. Yes. Well, so you, you guys are doing season one of Film Hags is on movies that were burned into your brains for one reason or another. Yes. And your pilot episode was my, my big, big fat Greek, Greek wedding. wedding. Yeah. And and so tell me about next week. Tell me about episode two. Oh, next week we are doing 2005's Rent, which was Boom's pick. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah burned into her brain have you seen it i watched it last night i think and the the sob knob was up pretty high for me <laughs> like, Wow! but i've seen i mean i've seen the live show before like when i was in high mm. school but i hadn't seen the movie yet yeah it was fun jason how about you what's your what's your take on rent 
You know, I, I've never seen Rent. Uh, it's a gap in both my musical knowledge and my Gen X knowledge. I know, obviously, the, the Seasons of Love song. I love musicals. Sophie was saying mm-hmm. I, I'm not a musical dude. I'm actually a big musical person. I just, oh, yeah. don't, I just don't know Rent uh, for whatever reason. What's your mm-hmm. favorite musical? I am partial to, like, the Sondheim Mm -hmm. of I guess I think like you know like Sweeney Todd is like pretty fun I think Mm -hmm. yeah stuff in stuff in that in that family I'm gonna say Sweeney Todd yeah let's just go Mm. for it cool I still haven't seen that I should. I already responded. I don't know what Boom is calling it uh, for the social on Film Hags, if it's like Film Hag Tea or what, but um, I responded to the question uh, that oh, was yeah. put out today and and said that The Music Man is my all-time favorite musical. Oh, yeah. mm. It's such a great... The, the music's incredible. The story is really fantastic. The characters are great. And we have tickets to go see Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be December of 2020 and is now like July of 2022 or something. So looking forward to finally getting to check that out when it happens mm. and danny k is in the movie right mm, buddy hackett speaking of buddy hackett <laughs> really <laughs> weird maybe that's maybe you just solved my mystery we're just doing some real boomer <laughs> shit now or let's just talk about buddy hackett yeah. for a minute <laughs> yeah well i do want to say cartoonist and film hag mel mendez welcome to dune pod Thank you so much. We are really excited to have you. Excited to be here. Yeah. And and again, we originally thought this was going to be your very first ever podcasting debut, but we're happy that you've teamed up with the with the film hags and, and just really happy to check that out. So love to see uh, things growing. So welcome on board. Thank you. So to come on this week, originally we were going to talk about Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. which is a classic movie starring uh, the Baron Harkonnen himself. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård in an early film of his as a sexy mathematician, <laughs> creepy mathematician. Yeah, creepy, a uh, creepy, yeah. But anyways, uh, so we were going to do that. But Mel, you ended up making a wild pick out of left field of <laughs> "I Love You to Death." Yeah. Uh, so this is a 1990 film, River Phoenix, Keanu Reeves, Kevin Klein, Tracy Ullman, and Dune 2000's Duke Leto, William Hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. The shit is wild. This is a dark, (laughs) weird movie Mm -hmm. and pretty funny. Mm -hmm. It's a weird one. We'll get into it in the bottom of the hour. So coming up next month on Dune Pod, we have the beginning starting next week. 70 millimeter month strikes back. Oh, wow. Whoa. We have the return for the next three episodes in the row. We are going to have Danny Haas, Slim, and Proto. Wow. Going to be crazy. That's amazing. That's big time. Yeah. This is like, uh, you know, tape deck now, even, you know, more more collabing. The synergy is just out of hand. <laughs> Turn the knob. All, yeah, all the, the, sin, the singe the knob. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny is coming to talk about Hayao Miyazaki's Nausicaa. Oh, the Valley shit. of the Wind. Wow, what a gift. What a gift wow. to have Danny to talk about that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I had to rewatch that. Have you read the comics? I have not. I've seen oh, the movie uh, the many comics. times, but have not read the comic. Good. The comics yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Mm. They're beautiful. This is one I've never seen. I've never seen oh. that. That's a gap wow. in my, my Ghibli knowledge. So mm. Mm. I can't wait. My giblet. My my giblet and my giblet knowing. <laughs> my giblets. <laughs> Your jib yeah. knob. Yeah, my gym knob is at zero for that one. 
<laughs> We're really excited about that one. Um, Slim is coming to talk Paul Thomas Anderson's Inherent Vice. Oh, wow. Whoa. Wow. That's a big one. That's the only one I've never seen of PTA's films. Yeah, I haven't seen it. And then Proto coming back for the first of the Dune books that he's actually taken notes for the show, Heretics of Dune. Ugh. Also known as Sexy Time Dune. <laughs> Awkward Sexy Time Dune. Just, it really is a, it's a, it's rough. I've got four hours left and it's like, <laughs> whoo, just really hoping to make oh, it through another passage without something really awkward happening. It's not yeah. going to, not going to work out. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we just quickly get into some Dune news? Would you like to know more? Dune news. So first of all, Dune Adventures in the Imperium, the RPG, is going to be launching a free sample from Modiphius this week. So if you are a, an RPG player, you play D&D or you play role-playing games, you are interested in Dune, there's going to be a free little basic rule set and I guess an adventure. So definitely check that out. We are going to be playing as soon as we get our physical books and Modifius announced that the physical books are now shipping and Dune Info already had the picture with their full set of like the entire launch release. So they are arriving. Mm. Okay. Cool. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> Mel, what's your favorite RPG? What do you play? Mm, I don't know. Life. Just say life. Life. Life is my RPG. Yeah. It's a hard knob to, to deal with. Sometimes it's like that. the levels can be difficult. It's a hard knob to deal with? Is that what you said? I don't know. Uh, my favorite RPG is watching live action role players in the park really oh yeah. we're talking foam swords <laughs> yeah i've seen it actually i went to hampshire college which is like oh wow like super hippie college um, yeah. and we had a really hardcore group of larpers mm. um and it was very fun to watch them just like they were so serious lightning bolt lightning bolt <laughs> <laughs> sleep sleep yeah. do they do vampire as well vampire the masquerade I don't know <laughs> Just like really specific questions. <laughs> so, so people literally they LARP as vampires, Ooh. and so like you'll go. And when I was in Minneapolis, there was a big vampire scene, and so you would go to like First Avenue. That's Prince's Club that he used to play at in Purple Rain, and there'd be like three hundred people at the at the club at one o'clock in the morning. And out of those like three hundred people, like twenty of them would be vampires, and they would be skirmishing with each other, like in the parking lot, calling <laughs> each other out and Holy doing battle shit. and stuff. It was crazy. That's cool. <laughs> But actually, if you are ever in Montreal, like, and the weather's nice and you're in, there's like that, the one big park in Montreal, mm. there's really good LARPing there. Interesting. <laughs> to watch. Amazing. I did mm. not, it was not the first thing to come to my mind. All right. Second thing, Dune Info hinted something cryptic about Dune 84. I don't have any details on it, but I just wanted to put this on everyone's radar. Something's going on with Lynch's Dune and we'll find out more info on that soon. Okay. That's a teaser. That's not really news. No. That's Dune teaser. That's a teaser. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Third piece, Secrets of Dune interviewed someone who saw the movie and put oh, a yeah. video behind their paywall um, to watch it. Um, I'm not ultimately opposed to having a paywall or like producing content or that kind of thing. I just don't want to watch an interview with someone who's seen the movie. Like I'm already feeling too spoiled. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So we, this is also, we don't have any news. This is like another. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. This is good. Fake news. Like it. I like it. There's a review. If you want to go pay, 
you can get that review. But I, I saw the excerpts. The person liked it. Yeah. The, so the person said they were in awe and they were blown away. So that's good. Mm. Are you guys like, do you limit the amount of like no. info you consume? Because you, you don't want it, the movie to be ruined for you. No, I've read the script. Oh. <laughs> I thought you just skimmed it. I thought you just like looked at a few pages and then put it away. I go back to it now and then. Just like, you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah. I have the script, but I have not read it because I do not want to know exactly where the end is or the exact details of what happened. Mm-hmm. So I have not done that. Mm-hmm. But no, we scour the internet for news and rumors and we read them all. I guess you also have a podcast about Dune. Yeah, so. we got to make content. We got to talk. <laughs> yeah. you, you hear the heartbreaking news that we're rolling out right now? Well, the, yeah. And this brings, us, this brings us to, I think what Matt's going to mention is item four of Dune News, which is Timothy Chalamet is set to play Willy Wonka in the origin story <laughs> film Wonka. <laughs> I thought that was fake. That's real. It's real. Timothy Chalamet will play Willy Wonka <laughs> in a musical based on the early life of Raul Dahl's eccentric chocolatier. Warner Brothers and the Raul Dahl Company announced that the 25-year-old Chalamet will star in, quote-unquote, Wonka. Oh, my God. A young, uh, The adventures of a young Wonka prior to opening the world's most famous chocolate factory, which means it's like the period of time when he goes and rescues the Oompa Loompas from Loompa Land, which is a fairly controversial part of the book because originally the Oompa Loompas were portrayed as quote-unquote pygmies in the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That sounds very colonialist of them. Yeah, like he literally rescues them from a harsh a harsh land and brings them back to work in indentured <laughs> servitude wow. in his chocolate factory forever. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so chill, super chill, dude. Yeah. The only thing going for this is that this film is going to be directed by Paul King, yeah. who is the director of Paddington 1 and Paddington 2, oh, shit. Um, yeah. which yeah. are phenomenal films. So who knows? I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not into it. Uh, <laughs> I wish I wish Timothy would be doing something else, but I actually forgot about that Dune News, Jason, so thank you for that. <laughs> I hope there's a sex scene. I hope there's a, I hope, the, I hope, I hope this Wonka fucks. That's what, I, that's what I'm looking Oompa for. Loompa from this sex scene? Some, whatever that, however, a vermicious canid, however they want to do it. <laughs> oh, a gritty reboot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the end of Dune News, and now it's time for Dune Pod News. Would you like to know more? Oh, Jesus. Are you ready for this? Is it over? Are we done? Am I getting fired? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. So, so. This I is the am, only job I have. I am pleased to announce that in addition to Tape Deck Podcasts, we have a new collaboration to roll out tonight, and that is Dune Pod and Letterboxd. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I was recently tapped by the Godfather himself, Matthew Buchanan for us to do a collab. And so we're super stoked about this. And it means three things. Number one, please check out our new DunePod HQ Plus site on Letterboxd. That's available now. Yeah. If you go to letterboxd.com slash DunePod, you will see our killer backdrop with our art from every single episode that we have done. Wow. So we're going to have all of our reviews on there. We'll have links and the artwork and all of that stuff so that you're like your one place to go check and see everything that's going on. But we're thrilled to be part of it and uh, and making that happen. So that's the first thing, letterbox.com slash DunePod. Number two, you can get a discount code if you use DunePod on checkout 
you will save 20% on pro or patron status. And that basically removes ads. It gives you the ability to see where movies are streaming and, and some other cool stuff. Um, so if you want to support them, uh, you can use DunePod and you can save money when you're doing that. Number three, this means that Jason and I are complete sellouts. Are we? Are we? Yeah, we are now like super commercial. We're corporate? Yeah, this is it. This is the takeover. Great. I've always wanted uh -oh. to sell out. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> We're going to do SpawnCon? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, this is really just, I, I like what the, what, I like what Letterboxd is doing. I want to support them, and I want to make it uh, easy for folks to save money if they want to go check it out. So Dune Pot of Tears, if you want to do it, go for it uh, and check it out, and we will uh, have some, some fun links going on with that. So that is the final piece of Dune News. So exciting. Jeez, Congratulations, man. guys. This has, been the, this has been the longest preamble of any episode. <laughs> no doubt. We're good luck, everyone. Yeah. Buckle in. <laughs> so... Mel, yes. please tell us about your history, if any, with Dune. Oh, okay. No history is required. So I haven't read the book. I started reading it um, like years ago when I was dating a guy who was super into Dune. Oh, man. But he was too into Dune and it was too much. These are always <laughs> tough stories to hear. And you'd be surprised <laughs> yeah. how often the answer to this question is, I tried to watch or read Dune for a dude and it just <laughs> did not work out. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's like a whole sub sub pod of what we're going yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> Sophie, Sophie got ghosted. She like watched Dune oh, with yeah. a dude on a yeah. date and got ghosted. Whack. Tough one. Not tough cool, break. dude. Not cool. That guy really fucked up. Yeah, he really fucked up. So how about the Lynch? How about Lynch's Dune? Did you see the movie? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I should. I no, no. Okay, who won't? Not necessarily. I mean, you don't have to. I like. I'm the same with like. I know Danny has said this before. Like, like I love Twin Peaks. Like the mm. the first part of it, but most of Lynch's stuff makes me want to cry because I'm so scared of it. <laughs> mm. So like. Like Firewalk with me, it was like the scariest movie I've ever seen, and I hate it. Mm. I mean, it's I I agree that it's good, but but I do I do want to read Dune just because I actually love fantasy. Like I I just finished reading um the Broken Earth trilogy. Mm, so good, but so yeah, good. it's so good. I just finished it last night, actually. Wow, I have not read it yet. I really want to. It's really good. I was super into fantasy as like a teenager and a young person, so. I'm just recently like getting back into it. Cool. So. Uh, you know, we're, we're recommending for folks, the movie comes out in like 110 days or something. So we're recommending mm -hmm. folks just to see the movie, check it out and then, then look at reading the book okay. unless you can really crank it out. But I, I think it's, I think it's probably best to just enjoy the movie as it is, as opposed to reading the, the book right before the movie that comes out. Mm. Very good. Shall we go ahead and get into it? Let's get into this weird-ass movie. <laughs> All right. How are we doing? How's our audience doing? Our live studio audience? They're great. Is anyone asleep? It's going great. This is all working out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this week it worked out. Unfortunately, this means that Matt will not be committing ritual suicide because of a second week of failure. Seppuku. Seppuku. <laughs> Seppuku. Seppuku. Oh, no. All right. Here we go. I Love You to Death is a tale of passion, betrayal, and enduring love based on a true story. Joey is an Italian immigrant with a huge appetite for life. 
Whether it's running his beloved pizza shop, doting on his kids, or stepping out on his wife with every beautiful woman he sees. Mm. Rosalie, Joey's long-suffering wife, has her world rocked when she learns of his infidelity. She turns to her mother, Mama Naja, a crafty woman from the old country, <laughs> her husband's young employee, Devo, who himself is in love with Rosalie, and two drug-addled losers, Harlan and Marlon, to make <laughs> Joey pay. Together, they will poison and shoot Joey, then poison and shoot him again as they struggle with their own incompetence and lack of conviction to seal the deal. Will Joey survive the night? And if he does, will he and Rosalie finally learn what it truly means when someone says, I love you to death? <laughs> mm. Strong. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. It's a weird-ass movie. It's very weird. Had you seen this film before? So Chuck and I do a thing now where we, like, alternate movie nights of what we pick to watch. And this was, like, just a random one he picked. And I ended up, like, mm. really mm. loving it. How did it get on his radar, I wonder? I mean, I think it's Lawrence Kasdan. And I think we had just watched Body, Body Heat. Heat. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, like, whew, hello, William Hurt. Yeah. Kathleen Turner, right? Yeah. That was a really good movie. So I think we were kind of on a William Hurt kick. Mm. So we watched this. And then, but then I found out that it was based on a true story, which like blew my mind. And I, like, I love true crime stuff. So, mm. so I was just like, yeah, let's, let's do this weird movie. Hey, Jason, yeah. have, have you ever heard of this guy, Lawrence Kasdan? You familiar with this guy? I've heard, I've heard of it. I've heard of him before. <laughs> that one, that guy I knew. I didn't know the story, but Lawrence Kasdan was a, a gentleman and a scholar. Let me just read a let me read a couple films a from snippet. this guy's. Yeah, just he's, just he's done a couple films you've heard. Yeah, of. The Empire Strikes Back, mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. Body Heat, mm -hmm. The Big Chill, starring Kevin Klein, The Bodyguard, The Force Awakens, mm. Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm. God, he bailed out for Rise of Skywalker. He's like, do not put my name on this. Like, yeah, yeah. He's and he also, Small yeah, time. he 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 wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm. which was, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, he also, yeah, he wrote he wrote Jedi. He's he's a he's a legit he's a legit filmmaker. This is a weird little this is a weird little detour for him. <laughs> frankly, did you catch his cameo? No. Oh, where is he in the movie? He's at the end. He's he is Devo's lawyer. I know how to fire a gun. My brother was in the National Guard. So what are you saying? He's saying that his brother is a patriotic American. Oh, oh that's him. Mm-hmm. Oh my I'm god! I was sure. trying to figure out yeah. who the lawyer was, and I couldn't find the listing on IMDb. He's great at that. Oh. Yeah, he has like three diamond earrings in one ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. Okay, yeah, his great. delivery there was his delivery there was so good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get into this movie. We'll start walking through it. Um, you know, and 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 we can uh, we can break it down for folks. But so it opens up with Joey taking confession. Mel, do you have any experience with confession? <laughs> You're not Catholic, are you? Oh uh, yeah, you are. Super. That's another reason why I picked. Yeah, super Catholic. I mean, I'm not uh, currently practicing, but both sides uh, of my family, like my grandmother. Is Ukrainian Catholic and what? Yeah, and we um, like she still she does the sign of the cross and holy water on our foreheads before we leave her house and on the tires of our car. Whoa! 
she sent me a bottle of holy water when I was in college <laughs> and I gave it to my friend. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super Catholic. So that, and I had to go to confession when I was like, when you're like seven years old, you have to go in this like dark, like, it seems like super stressful thing. <laughs> like talk to, talk to a disembodied voice, like, and tell them all yeah. the bad things you did. It's really, really weird. But you can tell which priest it is, right? Like you can tell. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in a small town, so it was really only one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Did you feel like he could tell who you were? <laughs> He's like, it's okay, Mel. Yeah, I don't know. It was like a weird thing where like we would have Sunday school and then we would all have to do confession at the same time. Mm. So it was just like this line of like kids like... Rolling through. Crapping their pants. <laughs> like knowing they had to <laughs> stay on the- My sin is I crap my pants. <laughs> Yeah. So I grew up as a fundamentalist Christian, kind of like evangelical through the mm-hmm. school that I went to, but but we didn't have confession. So like that, that part of it is very foreign to me, but mm. I thought the scene actually was really funny. I cheated on my wife. You committed adultery. Yes. How many times? Uh, five times the last two weeks. Wait, no, that's wrong. It was, uh, it was uh, four times uh, this week uh, with three women and uh, three times last week with two other women. Wow. That worked for me. So I'm curious, Jason, did that right out of the gate, did that work for you? Yeah, I thought it was funny. I think it was that was funny, and then I thought it was weird that it cuts from there, there to, like, the titles. And uh, the titles have mm-hmm. this like like Caribbean <laughs> yeah. kind of like vibe. Yeah, like steel drums. It's so weird. It's so weird. Crystal and I talked about that a lot because we were trying because they bring it back at the end. We're like, is that yeah. just how they signaled like jaunty <laughs> in this period of time? It was just like you know, steel drums, accordion, timbales. Like that was the core the- for a movie set in the Pacific Northwest with a bunch yeah. of Italians. Was it set in the <laughs> Pacific Northwest? Yeah, like it's it was a clearly out. filmed there, but like it, the original story takes place in Allentown, so yeah, Pennsylvania. The original, right? Yeah, the original story takes place in in Allentown. And it's supposed to, I mean, yeah, I guess it's just supposed to be like a blue class neighbor, but they kind of yeah. pretty clearly signposted as Tacoma. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I missed that. Just to finish off on the score, since we hit it right now, like I found it incredibly distracting. There's like two modes. There's the Timbali mode, and then there's like the Oh, yeah. So this score was done by James Horner, who like his Aliens score, 70 millimeter next week, check it out. Mm. Um, his Star Trek II Wrath of Khan score, obviously I love these things, but then for he like repeats himself a ton and I don't know, I just, I had problems for sure with that. Mm-hmm. Would have been better to just have Billy Joel's living here in Allentown. <laughs> like the, yeah. 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 Whoa. Actually, yeah. the oh, we can talk about this later, but that, that weird, I don't know if you guys watched that weird like Japanese thing that I sent oh i didn't i didn't have a chance oh yeah tell the us music and that was actually probably better mm. <laughs> no it was like like chuck i was trying to find like video of of the of the actual guy so their names were francis and tony toto mm. the people from allentown this is about this is really about and there's all the only thing we could find is like this old like 
or this like Japanese like reenactment show where they like reenact <laughs> this whole case and it's like a lot of it is similar to the movie and it's like they're speaking English but it's I think it's a show called Unbelievable. I think it's just like these stories that are like wild and then they show like people reacting to them. Oh. So they were like reenacting this whole this whole case. It was basically like the movie. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it was really weird. Because uh, I was, yeah, I wanted to find like video of, of Anthony Toto like actually talking to see. Yeah. Because Kevin Klein's accent is just like borderline <laughs> offensive. <laughs> I mean, can we talk about can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, the accent work. Can, can we? Can we? Let's let's talk about just in the context really quick. Because I I just want to hit this really quick because it goes it goes straight through the credits with this music, and then it goes into him at Joey's Pizza, mm-hmm. and you're very quickly established that like he's a great guy. He really loves his job. He loves everybody that's there. Like when he ta- he's talking to the guy, hey, I thought you went on vacation, and mm-hmm. he's just connecting with people. So I really like. For me, that really worked. And that was part of like the accent then became kind of endearing as opposed to just, uh, you know, just like a bogus thing. Okay. Yeah, they definitely show that he's a good dad, but I think he, in general, he's just like, I mean, he's creepy. He's creepy. The infidelity is a problem. Yeah. He's just gross. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Can we talk about, can we talk about the accent more? Please. (laughs) Go for it. Okay. So on the, let's just put the plus column for a minute. <laughs> so so Tracy Ullman is one of the great oh, like, yeah. voice yeah. actors. All time, like, yeah. You know, accent doers of all time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's obviously, she's British. Her American accent in this is impeccable. It's I mean, perfect. Like, you know, she's, yeah. she, it's just perfect. Joan Plowright, Dame Joan Plowright, uh, mm-hmm. Lawrence Olivier's widow, oh, I does, I mean, what I think is a pretty good, Eastern European accent, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, like at least it's, it's fun. It works. I think for the character, she's, she's really fun in, in the, in the movie. Straight up the best character in the film, like by far, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Mama Naja is what's up. Mama Naja is really great. Mm-hmm. Kevin Klein, on the other hand, <laughs> I just don't know what this accent is, man. Like it's not really, really Italian. It's like Midwestern Italian. This is what I yeah. So there's one line I was gonna, I wrote it down like when he's asking like Rosalie for something to eat while he's watching the baseball game. Uh huh. He's like a sam something to manch and that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I didn't pull that clip, but I will now. We got any uh, peanuts or pretzels? Something to manch on? <laughs> some pretzels? Some pretzels? <laughs> something to manch on? Something to manch on? Yeah, so it's, it's like it's Italian, wild. but it's like it's like eh. And he's always making that stupid face too. It's terrible. <laughs> it's not necessary either. Like he could have played, yeah, like an Italian. Like he could have played an Italian American without right. it being so. Without it being like he's he's an an actual like off the boat. You know, like just yeah. I don't know, man. It was rough. But it, his, it's not my favorite part. Apparently, the real guy was not offended by it, and his kids were all like, "Yeah, that's what my dad sounds like." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, you passed the kid test. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I don't know. Something to munch on. Something to munch <laughs> I, I do like the scene where he's talking to his kids, lecturing them, you know, work hard, pay your taxes, follow the rules. It, you can have anything in life. And that is sort of kind of laying into this, this idea of, you know, he's like, if you want it, you go for it. 
so I don't know. There, there was a through line of it that, that worked for me. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's an asshole in terms of cheating on Rosalie, who doesn't believe that he would cheat. Mm-hmm. But when he's sleeping with Victoria Jackson, who, like, weird to see her in this movie. Joey, you don't love your wife. Who says so? Of course I love her. Because I make love to you, that doesn't mean I don't love her, too. Well, what kind of marriage is that? It's a good marriage. I buy the food, she cooks it. I can cook for you. No, you can't come for me. You're not my wife. You're not even Italian. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, you can't come over. I, I'm married. You can't come to my house. Uh, yeah. And then he tucks his apron into his pants. <laughs> yeah, that, I noticed that as well. That was yeah. weird. He tucks his apron into pants. It's also implied that he, he has sex with Victoria Jackson wearing the apron. Yeah, like yeah, he's, he's, a, he, yeah. he's bare ass. Which I don't know. Bare People can do whatever they want, but. No time. <laughs> yeah. No time. Ugh. And pizza shops also they like don't smell good like on you like after a while. <laughs> just <laughs> greasy. It's the pizza man. So we also have the introduction of Rosalie in this scene. She's super sweet. I got eyes, you know. I can see a lot of girls are crazy for Joey. And he has an eye for ladies too. So what? That's okay. He's Italian. He's allowed to look big deal. In reality, as we know it, some men do more than just look. You don't trust anyone, Devo. It's your whole trouble. I trust you. And we have uh, River Phoenix as Devo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sweet baby angel. Oh, man. Love him. It's tough to see River Phoenix and like just wonder what could have been there. Mm. Yeah. So uh, Corey in the in the pre-show volunteered some interesting facts, which is that like the type of 90s dude that Devo is, is sort of evoking in this is like yeah. a real type of 90s dude that Corey mm-hmm. himself, I guess, dabbled with. Mm. And like, you know, I, I guess I was a little too young to be familiar with this particular breed of nineties. Yeah. dude. I, when I first saw Devo come on scene on screen, I was wondering if he was, if River Phoenix was playing him as gay, mm-hmm. like, cause there's just something, something like a little, like, you know, I don't know, like, uh, uh effeminate about the way I thought he was playing his character, but, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. What did you guys, what'd you guys think of this? Uh, what'd you guys think of this portrayal of Devo? Mm-hmm. I I felt like River was like having a good time with it. I don't know. It felt like like he didn't really have to try that hard. I mean, I haven't seen him in that many other things, but after seeing this, I wanted like I added a bunch to my watch list. Like I want to watch more River Phoenix. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like he was very like earnest and he just seemed I liked his character. He was like super honest and sweet. And and I loved I loved how he like it made sense to me that he was just like this young guy who like was weird and he just wanted to hang out with like this Yugoslavian grandma you know Mm. so I can I can see that like thinking he was um maybe a gay character but like gay for the 90s like you know sort of like you know where they would would, would, like how would they would tweak it up like for back in the day Mm -hmm. this is like towards the end of his this is like towards the end of the River Phoenix Mm. body of work so I was in Gainesville in 1990 when he came back from making this movie um, mm-hmm. because his family lived outside Gainesville. Oh, man, this is going to be some real Gainesville shit right now. It's some real Gainesville shit. Wait, Gainesville, Florida? This is Gainesville, Florida, yeah. So he, he lived there. He was in a band, and I used to see his band uh, play. Uh, he's an incredible guitarist, songwriter, singer. So it was kind of amazing i was definitely kind of like starstruck seeing this guy uh in real Mm -hmm. life and seeing him perform as an actor and i just posted in the discord like my hair his hairstyle i've been trying to get for 30 years so (laughs) you know like 
I don't know if I got it or not, but I'm I'm on my way. It's getting there. Oh yeah, you're 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 flirting with it for sure. <laughs> This is so. This is like right before he does like my own private Idaho and yeah. sneakers. Like this is like bef- this is like in the in the heart of the best River Phoenix parts of all time. Have you guys seen Dog Fight? I've I've been wanting to watch that. It's him and um, Lily Taylor, who I love, who's in Mystic Pizza. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like he plays a Vietnam vet. I think I think it's one of his last oh. movies. Yeah, interesting. And then and then Dark Blood was his final was his final film. So obviously mm-hmm. it was a it was. Painful watching, yeah. uh, you know, watching him perform in this. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought, yeah, I thought he just did. I thought he did a great job. I, I super enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. All right, so we cut from there to Joey at home, and I think they make real pains to show what a great father he is and how attentive he is to the kids. And did you recognize? Did you recognize the daughter? No, no. Who's the daughter? Curly Sue. I don't know if you've seen that movie oh, from like no. the nineties. I don't think I saw that movie. She actually was on The Voice oh, shit. a few years ago, and she won. She was on Christina Aguilera's team. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, she's, wow. very, she's really good, actually. Oh, crazy. Just some fun facts. Okay. That is a fun fact. What's that her gets name? a bell. That gets a bell ring for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm into it. Put some bells on that fact. Yeah. <laughs> so this is also our first introduction of Mama Naja. Mama Naja. listen to this. This is here some woman... Was eaten alive by her own heartplants. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah, she's she's <laughs> yeah. got a she's got a very specific like scrapbooking habit of like yeah, collecting tablets. National stories. Enquirer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that was a big deal then, right? Like that was really kind of like waxing in terms of power. Yeah. Well, we didn't have Facebook yet, so right. we had to uh, you know <laughs> get our fake news at the grocery aisle. Her outfits are also like insane yeah i love yeah them. crazy and she's though. a mechanic yeah oh yeah that's my favorite scene yeah that scene is great mm-hmm. yeah we'll get there in just a, in just a second but i i want to call out before we before we do get there so we we have rosalie where she is trying to get his attention and and you know he's going out and she's kind of bummed out about it but then when she tries to woo him to stay in she's like i thought you were staying home what for what for? I don't know. Who knows? Well, uh, like what? Well, for one thing, we got paperwork. Paperwork? Yeah, the monthly bills, the uh, insurance, the mortgage, the phone bill. I'm going out. <laughs> I don't know. Did you buy that, Jason, that, you know, he's a human man? This was her only move? I'm a human man. I got to go out to the <laughs> new wave disco. I, I don't want to sit at home and do the paperwork. Yeah, no, I don't know. It didn't sound. It didn't sound good. I asked Crystal. I was like, "What would you? Uh, how would it work if I just was like, I got to go out to like you know the club, club. tonight?" You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when she finished laughing, yeah. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't get much farther in that conversation. I don't really, <laughs> doesn't really make a lot of sense yeah okay well let's let's get to the bar so this is phoebe cates like this is post oh this yeah is post yeah. fast times like they're married right at this point phoebe and kevin klein what i didn't know they, they were married what? What? Wow, you got that? all these fun- i didn't know about phoebe yeah, dude, no. i only kevin care about Klein. the goss the go- the hot goss <laughs> so, oh wow yeah this is okay. great so they met she's like i mean she's younger than him i don't think it's a like much a, younger, an obscene right? amount 
I think like 10 years, maybe. Maybe okay. more. All right. All right. But she auditioned for 25 th- when he was 41. Just so. <laughs> okay. That's, that's more than I thought. But they, they've been together for like since before this movie. So like 89, I think, or something. But she auditioned for The Big Chill huh. for Jennifer Tilly's part. Uh. She didn't get it. And then, but that's how they met. And yeah. And they have kids and they've been they're still married. married. Ever since. Yeah. They're still married. Holy moly. So yeah, they're, they're like still married. they're having married married makeout time in this movie. Amazing. I was in love with her. I feel it felt it does feel a little gratuitous like like maybe not they didn't need that whole scene of them like with the German shepherd and stuff it was no. like they just wanted to like grab his wife's butt. I thought it was important character development. It meant a lot to me. <laughs> Crystal, when Phoebe Cates showed up, when when Phoebe Cates showed up on screen as a, fa- a big fan of um, the Fred movie, uh, Drop Dead mm-hmm. Fred, uh, Crystal was like, "This is the best movie we've ever watched for Dune Pod." Is, <laughs> is, yes. <laughs> so nice. So it got a big, it got a big thumbs up uh, in our household. I haven't seen Drop Dead Fred. I've never seen Drop Dead Fred either. But I think the through line here is that he makes her feel really special when he starts you know, going on his routine with her, it, it works because he is making her feel like she is really beautiful and, and that he really cares and, and it comes through as very genuine. No, if you'd been in here, I would have known about it. People would have talked about it. Like, uh, hey, Joy, you see what was in here the other night. My God, what a beauty. <sighs> it's true. No, no, no. Someone like you doesn't come around that often. It's like a national holiday. You know what I mean? You don't forget it. I just love his whole thing. It's like, yo, you can't be here with this guy. You're a beautiful woman. You deserve something better. You'll break my heart being with this guy. It's just, it's. Just kill myself every day knowing that he is with you and I'm not. It's only, it's verging on Borat. The how, Kevin much, yeah. how much mustard, Jason? I put it on the mustard the, knob. So much mustard. He ran out of the jar and had to go out to the store, buy a whole other jar. It's just so much. Uh, yeah. All right, well, the next day at the pizza restaurant, we have his other conquest, Heather Graham. Oh, yeah. Nice to see Heather Graham. In the th- this, she must have yeah. been like 16 years old. Like, very I young. Mean, very yeah. young. Yeah. Yeah, this is seven years before Roller Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is, yeah, significantly before Boogie Nights. Yeah. Nice to see her. Yeah, she looked amazing. She's a vision. What year is this movie? 90. Yeah, so she was 20. Mm. All right. So now we're on the restaurant fight. So Mel, walk us through it. Walk us through the fight. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Like her soldering at the table. The whole thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Wait, you're putting me on the spot here. I don't have it memorized. You don't have to give hard details. Just your impression. Anything you anything you liked about it. I, I just love like, so they're just fighting. And then and then Kevin Klein and Mama Nadja start fighting. Mama Nadja is talking in Yugoslavia and Kevin Klein's yelling in Italian. You get free room and board. What more do you want? Joey, don't talk to Mama that way. I'm a girl. She belongs in an old age home. What did she say? Mama, don't listen to him, okay? Brava, Budala. Che razza di persona porta un motore a un ristorante? E pazza! Joey, basta! Ti prego! Rag da gonnosi! 
It's just like it's so real, and then also the kids. I, like this whole movie, I feel like the kids are the only like sane people. Totally. Like there's a couple instances. Like there's the part that breaks my heart in this scene is when like they're fighting, and then his the kid, the older the son Dominic. Yeah, he pretends to hurt his finger. My finger. So that his family will stop fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just like broke my heart. Put some salt. Up. Put some salt on no, it. No, no, sugar, sugar. sugar. Yes, yeah, just sugar, stick it whatever. in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just really like seeing the way they're fighting in three languages and they're kind of just like all of the motions that they're making. The waitress who's like trying to set down the, the plates and she's like, I'll, I'll come back later. Mm-hmm. A lot of nice little character script details that I, I thought that. I actually think the script in general has a lot of really nice polish uh, work in it that I appreciated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so now we get to the turning point, and this is literally at the act one break, 29 minutes into the hour and 46-minute film. Um, Rosalie goes to the library, and she sees Joey in the next aisle. Mm-hmm. I say we go to your place. Have a good time. How about your wife? No, she can't come. <laughs> she cannot no, she come. She can't come. And so Rosalie, she's crying. Um, and so this scene where she's crying in the park on the bench and the neighborhood kids come up and they're like, mm-hmm. you know, are you okay, Mrs. Boca? And she says that she lost something. Like that that got me. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And again, like the kids are the the ones taking care of the adults. Like the adults are all mess. Totally. The scene with her and like the the aspirin when she's like trying to take them and like the bottle isn't opening and that was like so real. It just felt like one take and I was I'm just blown away by Tracy Allman in this movie. Like I don't think I yeah had really seen her in other things, but I think I think she's the best like actor in this the whole movie. By f- yeah, she does great. She does really yeah. Great. Well, and they they actually had um. They had uh, telestrated this or whatever the word is that I'm looking for. They had uh, forecast this by, uh, she says when she's talking to Devo, you know, if he cheated on me, I would kill myself. And if Mm -hmm. I didn't feel better, I would kill him. And so I like the fact that she has that initial reaction and then she's like, fuck it, I'm not going to do it. Kind of amazing that she has no, she just really can't believe that this guy would (laughs) ever cheat on her in any way, Mm -hmm. despite the accent. (laughs) <laughs> the accent should have been a clue. He's like, no one else wants to sleep with him. He is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's gonna he's gonna use that accent like during sex. It's he also be. is wearing like a lot of like self tanner, which is like mm. it's not obviously it's not brown face or anything, but it's like it's like <laughs> borderline and make him look more olive skinned. Yeah, very yeah. furry. Also, yeah, I mean, very know. furry. Yeah. The movie turns on a dime, so she is very upset. Rosalie tells Mama Nadja, who very quickly says, I know someone who needs money. He do it. He's a good boy, very nice. (laughs) And so she goes and gets this guy and talks to him and convinces him to kill Joey. She brings him cookies um, for him to do that, and he tries to kill uh, Joey with a baseball bat and fails. Yeah, she didn't pick the right guy. (laughs) Which is real. That really happened. That really happened? What? Yeah. Really? The yeah. baseball bro was the first attempt? Mm-hmm. My Shit. Lord. All right. You keep telling us as we hit, as we hit <laughs> these plot points. What a wild, what a wild country. Yeah. So that really happened. I don't know about the, the Abraham Lincoln mask, but she really hired <laughs> someone 
too. It wasn't actually like the mother-in-law in real life didn't have anything to do with it, but uh-huh. she did the the wife did hire someone to kill him with a baseball bat and he failed. Amazing. So then the second piece, Mama Naja tries to uh, rig his car to blow up, which doesn't work. Yeah. Which is also real. Really? That really happened too. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> so she was, she really was a mechanic? No, she hired, she, that's another person she hired to do that or the same person maybe. Mm. Mama Naja, like she really was just like on a dime ready to go and, and yeah. just start calling in hits. Yeah. She said he left towels around. Yeah, that's, yes. a, that's a big Dirty sin. Towels. Don't do that. Don't do that. She's so haggy. I love her. Such a yeah. Haggy. When you're at Crystal's parents, folks, make sure you clean up your towels. Oh, I clean mm. up my towels. I don't yeah. really clean up my towels. Don't have to tell you. So then they settle on poisoning him with sleeping pills. So they make mm-hmm. a crazy pasta, meatballs, and they just load more, more sleeping pills. And he just sits there and eats and eats and eats and eats. <laughs> What's going on with that? Like, why is he so hungry? Why is he eating so much <laughs> that pasta? That's really weird. I don't know. Lust for life? Like, it's disgusting. It's so gross. <laughs> He's like really just going to town on just bowls and bowls of spaghetti yeah. and meatballs. And beer. Oof. Like, I felt bloated just looking at him. I did, too. I did, too. I was like, this is like, like, there's no way he's going to feel good. Yeah. Oh. I had to take a crap. Ah, I took a good crap. Ah, I had to take a big crap. I feel like that's like a thing that dates this movie. I don't feel that people Uh say I had to take a crap anymore. I don't feel like that's like a, I don't feel that's an expression that's aged. I've never said that, I think. I've used the word crap, but not like as... As it relates to actually pooping, I don't. You yeah, know. this is a pre nine eleven. This is a pre nine eleven worldview. We talk about poop about uh, probably for eighteen conscious hours of the day around here right now because we're yeah, like, of course. You know, got two children and a dog, and like never crap, never talk about crap. <laughs> In real life, it was chicken soup and not pasta that she put. That's sleeping. Uh, see, that uh, makes much more sense. Yeah, but in the in that Japanese like reenactment thing. What happens in the Japanese reenactment? He he's eating both spaghetti and chicken soup at the same time. That's disgusting. I, I don't understand. <laughs> but it's like it just shows like shots of like him chewing and like stirring. Like you know that gross sound that pasta makes when you stir it? Like yes. it's like oh, that. Yeah. And then it cuts to like her like staring at it, like waiting for him to eat it. It's, it's, That's gross. That's great. But yeah, isn't it insane? I can't believe this like this really, all this stuff really happened. Like, there's more too. It's amazing. Yeah, that 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 makes it even even more so. So so he doesn't die. He gets very tired, but he doesn't die. So they decide to call Devo, fuck, and have Devo <laughs> shoot him. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a great performance by by River in this in this moment. Mm-hmm. But he ends up shooting him in the head, but he doesn't die. Yeah, yeah, that happened too. That's great. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to keep saying that. I guess like I guess that could work. I mean, if you get hit in the right part of your head, you won't necessarily die. Yeah. With a 22. And then so then Devo has to go Devo they have to send Devo out to get the real killers. That's correct. Yeah. So now we have finally the introduction of Harlan and Marlin. I'll tell you we'll do it for 600. 400. dollars He's practically got one foot in the grave. 550, what do you say? If we're going to waste the dude, we ought to get paid for it, man. That's the American way, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're not communists here, you know. We're Americans. We've got a right to make a living. The greatest comedic duo of our time. Yeah. <laughs> also, is that place, the, the bar they're at, is that real? The that like it's like shaped like a coffee pot is in is oh, it in Tacoma? I don't know. I didn't look I meant to look it up, but it's like it's a cool I sure hope so. It was a really cool looking. It's a weird role. It's a it's a very like, you know, makes a lot of sense for Keanu. He played a lot of like sort of, you know, dopey yeah. characters. It's a weird one for William Hurt to like be doing a broad kind of comedic <laughs> role. But he's so good. His comedic timing is amazing, I think. And even just the first shot of him asleep at the pool table yeah. and then lifting up, lifting up his glasses. I tried to find a gif, like it literally doesn't exist, a gif of him lifting the glasses. But mm-hmm. to me, William Hurt's performance is like, what if the dude had got into meth instead of weed? Yeah, it's very, <laughs> it's very Lebowski. It's yeah. like Lebowski just a little bit more inebriated than like actual Lebowski. It's, this is like yeah. right during the run of like William Hurt's mass you know the height of william hurt's powers like you know it's like before it's i think this movie actually broadcast news is just before right yeah this basically Mm. this movie kills william hurt's career (laughs) because it's like (laughs) yeah it's a run it's a run that begins with the big chill in 83 or like body heat the big chill gorky park children of a lesser god broadcast news Mm. and then i love you to death and And then how much time between broadcast news and i love you to death Three years. He did two other movies. He did a, he did two other movies that are not particularly notable. He's like so like just super sexy in all those other movies. Like mm-hmm. he, it's just like all <laughs> about him being a super sexy dude, and then he's in this one. It's just like and he's like a dope. Yeah, and then he literally cannot get another job. Wait a minute. In fairness, he was in he was in Lost in Space in '98. That was like a big budget. Big. I don't know if that's movie. in. I don't know if that's in fairness. I don't know if there's any fairness in that. <laughs> Oh, he was also uh, in Until the End of the World, Vim Vendors. Hmm. Come on. And of course he was in the, he was of course in the Dune miniseries in 2000 as Duke oh, yeah. Atreides. Not good. That ended his career. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it almost feels like Lawrence Kasdan like called in a favor because they're, I mean, yeah. they must be friends, right? Because he's totally. in yeah. like all of his movies. But I mean, I'm not yeah. mad about it because I loved him and Keanu, but. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of it felt like that. When's the last time you saw Big Chill? Mm, it's been years for me. I haven't seen it since it came out uh, or like within a oh, couple wow. of years of it coming out, uh, just when I was a child um, or a teenager or whatever. I need to go back and revisit it. I know Catcher, that is his like number one film of all time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I had completely forgotten that he was like a drug dealer or whatever in that, in that movie. Oh so yeah, I, right. I want right. to go back and, and see that again. Mm. I haven't seen it in a long time. So there's a lot of back and forth. Like this is the heart of the the humor of the movie. You know him and Keanu together bumbling around trying to figure out how to kill him. It's just great that the two of them are are terrific. <laughs> I felt like this part of the movie sort of felt to me like a um, a stage play almost. Mm. Like this this part because it's like all in a house. It's uh-huh. like it yeah. sort of feels like a a farce, like a staged farce um, mm, yeah. that like you know like a high school theater troupe could put on like if they weren't doing like noises off or something like that. You know, it's just like, yeah, like everything takes place in a room. There's like sort of like enough parts for both guys and girls and like, you know, Mm -hmm. and like it's sort of, you know, there's a gun. Uh, Mm. It seems, it seems like it's a a fun time for everyone. I love the house, like the set of the house. Amazing. There's something about like nineties and like eighties, 
like interiors like in movies that that is like so comforting to me like the grainy like clutteredness of it Mm. it just felt so real and i i loved that um so in the end harlan does shoot joey in the chest and i love this rosalie really falls apart right in this moment where she thinks joey's dead you know she just collapses and and is crying and begging God for forgiveness and to return Joey, at which point Joey shows up, uh, shot in the chest and and asks what's wrong. Get our guests some some cheese and crackers. Cheese and crackers. He's like half dead and he's still a shitty husband. Oh my God. (laughs) Right. Wow. So so the so Harlan and Marlon take off, uh, and shortly thereafter begin. Harlan and Marlon are buying drinks at the local bar, so it doesn't take long for the cops to show up and try and figure out what's going on. So this is sort of like racing to the conclusion. Oh, but wait! Shout out to the cops because uh, one yeah. of them is the one of them is the guy who plays Marty in The Big Lebowski. The guy yeah. who does the dance recital, totally. Oh. And the other one is like the guy from Major League. The guy from Major League. Yeah. The Give him the heater. <laughs> Give him the heater. <laughs> Wait, so are we good. doing Major League? We just did it. On that was yeah, it. That's over. the whole movie. All right. Done. Oh, I just wanted to say, like, my favorite, probably my favorite, like, comedic moment. Please. Is is when William Hurt, <laughs> when they're, like, sitting in bed with Kevin Klein, and, like, they're just, like, waiting for the music to come on so he they can shoot him and then kevin klein like moves and william hurt like jumps and he points his fingers as yeah, a gun yeah, at him yeah, instead of the yeah. actual gun <laughs> i loved that part totally apparently also the pledge of allegiance thing was real like the guy the hitmen <laughs> like they did that when they were supposed they're trying to what? figure out where to yeah i don't know i read it and like I read a couple articles today. Um, they didn't know where the shit. heart was, and so they did the pledge. That's great. Pledge allegiance. Oh yeah. And over your heart. Yeah, red. I, I pledge, pledge allegiance to, to the flag of the United States, States of America and to the republic and under to the one invisible nation. Nations under God, whose spacious God skies and amber and graves of liberty for all. Deliver us from freedom. Yeah, and they still, like, they did the Pledge of Allegiance and they still, like, didn't Fuck shoot him in the right place. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So, so everybody gets arrested. The cops take everybody in. And I love this. So this is the moment where essentially every single person involved, other than Harlan and Marlon, confesses to the crime specifically to protect everybody else. And to me, that was mm-hmm. like the heart of the film, right? This really sweet moment. Yeah, I love that part. Jason's unmoved. Jason, Jason's like, I felt nothing here. <laughs> I, was con- I was confused about how this was all going to wrap up at this point. I was just like, all right. Yeah. They all are going to jail. How is this? How is this going to be sweet? How is this going to be sweet? Yeah, yeah. They all love each other. They do. So, so they love each other. And then also, Joey wakes up, and you know, Victoria Jackson is in the room when he is there when he wakes up, and he basically tells her that, you know, when he got shot in the head, it makes him think about you know a lot of what's happening, and he decides that he has to be better to Rosalie and take his his uh, marriage seriously, and so basically. Joey's mama shows up and I love this actress. She's been in other stuff, right? This actress, she's been like Scorsese stuff. She's only, she's only six years older than Kevin Klein in this. What? Yeah. I looked it up Amazing. because I was like, 
I know she's not that old because like you could see in our giant TV, you could I could see like all of her makeup, her fake old lady makeup. But yeah, she's great though. I love her. But every time she hits him in the head, uh, where he yeah. still has a bullet rattling in his head, and then eventually <laughs> knocks him out of the hospital bed, like I just I loved it. Yeah, yeah, she was great. So he refuses to press charges, and so they're all getting released. That's not how the law works, incidentally. <laughs> Quick legal note. If you if you engage in attempted murder, the person yeah. you attempted to murder does not get to just wave it off as though it didn't happen. Right. No. Yeah. That's in real life. They actually did press charge. I mean, he didn't, but they the, went to the jail for did. four years. Yeah, they went to jail. Yeah. You were wondering how it was going to get sweet. This is the sweet part. The sweet part is he said, hey, I don't, I don't want to press the charges. I, Come I on. don't cooperate. You're my I want to be back together and, uh, with my family and have uh, some, some, some cheese and cracker. It's a me. Something to munch on. Something to munch on. <laughs> I uh, cried when Mama Naja said, I like you once. Maybe I like you again. Like You cried? That- I did. Wow. A little bit. It wasn't a lot, but but yeah. I, that that well, got single me. tier. Single tier. Yeah. yeah. Me and Frodo. <laughs> I'm the only one. Okay. I'm the only one that no, was, it was it was it was sweet. When I the first time I watched it, I was like, what? what this is very unexpected. Yeah. But that's like but that's what really happened. Like he really forgave her and they they like stayed together. Amazing. And I was thinking about this today like how it is really sweet. And, like, it, it makes sense, the ending, like, to me, because of how insane Catholics are about family and marriage and, right. like, marriage above, like, divorce is, like... Not allowed. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. But then also I was, like, like, I saw some footage of them as a couple, like, la- much later, and I was, like, is is this sweet or is he just, like, really, like, really controlling right. and, like, a bad person? <laughs> It's hard to know. And and she's just like stuck in this relationship. I don't know. She occasionally tries to poison him. Again. <laughs> yeah, just like I need to get out of here. Yeah. So yeah, it's I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I mean I thought it was a little I mean, his final plea to her and her accepting that. Um, but that's not the end, is is not Joey and, and Rosalie. You think Joey can be faithful to her? Anything is possible. They get me a box of candy. Hmm. What if he isn't? Have you shot him again? Just kidding. And then tamales. Yeah. Yeah. Under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Final thoughts. Any anything we missed? I feel like this is one of those where you're just like they don't make them like this anymore. Yeah. Uh, like this genre of movie, like this type of movie. I mean, like, I think like comedies exist, but like <laughs> this sort of like very domestic zany movie, like just, I don't feel exists yeah. in the same way anymore. It's kind of like Harry and the Hendersons. You're just like that. I don't know, man. They, they made a weird <laughs> one and we don't yeah. have that anymore. I think this is like, uh, even though it's not direct, to me, this has the vibe of like what became Knives Out. Like mm. I can see this as like somewhere like yeah. far, far back in yeah. the history. Like the, like the diplodocus to the Knives Out. Exactly. Like, like it's, it's yeah. like a, it's a distant relative, but the concept right. of having like 
interpersonal drama and mystery and and kind of adventure stuff happening. That's fair. That's uh, a good. That's good. The the difference is, is that like what they ended up doing like when Knives Out is a good example because like they realized they had to like make it. They had to make it, the movie really? so much more stylish. Yeah. Like yeah, in order like to in order to like make the rest of that compelling. Like an, like Knives Out is like basically Clue, right? Like mm-hmm. is like an, is like I haven't seen it. Are you serious? Oh, it's great. It's really Yeah, it's I know. Nice. I, I Mel, like, I will. watch it tomorrow like it's, you know knives, don't tell Mel what to do. Slip She'll get to it when she wants to get to it. Mel, get to it when you want to get to it. She's very busy. I have a podcast. But I highly recommend that film. It's very good. It's good. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It's a weird movie. I liked watching it. I was not one I would have picked up on my own. And it's not one that I even remembered existing in in space time. So it was like finding a dinosaur bone. Like trying, just Googling about it today. Like no one talks about this movie. Like it's very just like gone, I think. We do. And we do. But I think. (laughs) Yeah, we're here. There's very little on the internet on this movie for sure. I don't know what it would be like if Kevin Klein wasn't doing a stupid accent the whole time. Like maybe it would be a better movie, mm-hmm. but I don't know. But maybe it needed that. Maybe but it maybe needed that it did. Movie. Yeah. Mel. Yeah. Who would Tilda Swinton play if you had to recast one role with Tilda Swinton? Who would it be? Oh yeah, I think it would be either uh, one of the detectives. Mm. I like the one guy who's like, I wanted to get pepperoni you, next time. <laughs> you always say next time. I just love her when she's like in suits. I think that's why I picked that. Yeah. Because yeah. she would be wearing a suit. Jason's been wanting her as a cop or as a mafia person for a long time. So. Yeah. I'll take her in anything. Jay, what do you got? Uh, the William Hurt role, I think I would mm. I would put her in just to kind of see what she would do as like, a, you know, an incompetent character. I don't think we've ever seen Tilda Swinton as like, incompetent mm. Mm. like bumbling bumbling yeah i don't think we've ever seen her as bumbling so i would mm. do that i would go for mama naja mm-hmm. mm. i'd like yeah. to see her uh to stretch that up and so that brings us to our letters segment so we have only one letter segment you'll never guess who it's from I bet it's from Corey. Is it from Kevin Klein? <laughs> it's from <laughs> It's a me. It's a Corey. This is in violation of our 90-second rule. So I'm going to play it here. People who are listening live, uh, you know, you may hear the whole thing, and uh, it may be edited for time and clarity. I didn't know we had a 90-second rule, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> we have a 90-second rule for all okay. voicemails. All right, here we go. All right. <laughs> Corey, I love you. Doing Pod, how's it going? And Mel, how's it going? I just listened to the first episode of Film Hag the other day. It was great. Woo. Super fun. Thank you. Uh, even with all the, the rough ending there with uh, some seeds of, of discontent being sown, thanks to Slim, but mm. we'll deal with that <laughs> in the next episode, I'm sure, or in all the ongoing episodes. Anyway, lots to say about I Love You to Death uh, so, and tangentially kind of stuff, so I'll kind of make it quick. Uh, one, I like the movie. Somehow it seems overlong and also too short. I don't even know how that happened, mm-hmm. but uh, I had that. I was left with that feeling. Did you guys see the Saturday Night Live that had Elon Musk on it? There was a skit where he played Wario. Wario, you know Mario better than anyone. He had just like me, only different colors, and I'm a little fatter. <laughs> and did Mario have a dark side? 
Oh, uh, yes, he started eating a mushrooms. At first, it was a microdosing, and then it became a macrodosing. <laughs> and, and sometimes you see him a flashing like he was invincible. That's when he was on cocaine. Uh, His accent yeah. might have been worse than Kevin Klein's uh, Super Mario impression that he did in this movie. Uh, uh, anyway, Klein was huge back then. He seemed to be everywhere. And then uh, when I look back at like all the movies he was in, I didn't really watch a whole bunch of them, even though I maybe saw all the trailers for all the movies, but he was in a lot of movies I didn't really give a crap about. But A Fish Called Wanda really stands out, and this one really stands out to me. Other than that, oh, and then Big Chill earlier, but, you know, other than that, I don't know. But anyway, uh, another thing, obviously, uh, William Hurt and Keanu Reeves are the real stars of this movie. Hell yeah. Um, and I'm sure you guys will go on and length about them. And who would kill the play? I would put it as Rosalie, actually, a very uh, you know, safe choice. But we don't usually pick that for her, and I think that would work. Great. Mm. Uh, I would like to see what she brought to the role. Even though Tracy Ullman's great, everyone loves Tracy Ullman. Other thing, uh, make this. So this movie makes me think of another movie that about a woman getting her husband killed was uh, based on a true story. Was to die for with Nicole Kidman and Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Hmm. Highly recommend. You guys have probably seen it. If you haven't, check it out. It's wonderful. That's also really Gus Van Sant, I think. Fan, Tom Cruise. But, uh, you know, anyway. Uh, but uh, she's really good in that movie, actually. And Matt Dillon's in it, and it's uh, it's superb. Other thing, um, River Phoenix was, I think, just doing his own thing in this. I wonder how much direction he really had or if he just came up with this whole Debo thing on his own. I don't know enough about the true story to know if, if he's a real person or what. But 1990, Austin, Texas, I had had some strong kind of Devo vibes myself, not the band, but the character, uh, shopping a lot at Lost Horizons, which was this uh, Tibetan store. I was wearing this like oh. Tibetan jewelry and Here we I'll, go. I don't know. I'll, I'll find a photo or two just to kind of show this weird kind of almost hippie-ish side of me. I do. I didn't do runes, but I do remember reading books and trying to astral project, the so books on astral projection and trying to do that. Oh, that's good. And this is where, so Corey got cut off at three minutes. <laughs> so not by me, by, 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 by technology, by Google, by Google messages. So here's the last 20 seconds of Corey's message. Google is like, listen, listen, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Google, uh, Google inbox. No, fuck you. Google give Corey as much time as he wants. Yeah. Here we go. And I was cut off. I told you I had a lot to say. And, but I did do tarot cards. Mm, yes. Um, and yeah, I Same. never could get the astral projection thing to work, but I did have my own deck of Alistair Crowley tarot cards, and I was reading a lot of Crowley at the time. So, mm. yeah, there's that. All right. Thanks, guys. Sorry to be so long-winded this time. Bye. Thanks, Corey. I like finding out about what people's, like, stylistic, like, previous selves were. Mm -hmm. Like, what they, what they dabbled with in, in, in earlier life and who they were. Did you have a Crowley phase? No. Did you ever get into that? No, I never really had. I never really. I, I like hearing about it because I never had a personal style of any note myself. <laughs> I like. I, I wore a trench coat for like seven years, and <laughs> yeah. that's something. Like, I mean, it's something. It was just sort of like I like had a lot of pockets. Was it like a khaki trench coat or was it yeah. like a leather? It. Oh, it was okay. like a Colombo type situation. Oh, nice and. I just wore that like for seven years, pretty much like high school through college. And nice. uh, then at some point I was like, I don't know, probably not the trench coat anymore. And I don't know what happened after that. Yeah. Mel, how are you with the Golden Dawn and uh, Aleister Crowley and Satanism? Oh, 
I'm pretty unfamiliar, but I'm here for it. <laughs> um, but also, my sister and I like have been going to estate sales a lot, and we went to one that was definitely haunted, and there was a lot of what, what's the Satanist book called? Uh, I don't know. There was a lot of like kind of just spooky stuff in the house and we both like at one point we had all this stuff in our hands and we went in this one room and we were like uh nope <laughs> we just put all our stuff down and left <laughs> i don't know it was like here. a paranormal experience but oh my gosh but yeah that was crazy crystal um, used to tell me about this like occult bookstore that she used to go in uh with her girlfriend and they would uh like there was like an older guy who worked there who was like always like you know hey i'll <laughs> I'll show you in a trench coat. I'll show you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She she has a type. Uh, And it's like, I'll show you some like, you know, some love runes or something like that. You know, it's like, like there's books in here you're not ready for yet or whatever. Uh, Like, you know, sort of like. Was it like the the store in the craft? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. The girls go in there. Are you guys going to do the craft on Film Hags? I like I don't want, I mean, I would if they picked it, but I like, I hate the ending of that movie so much. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I'm into like the whole witchy thing, obviously. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, Mel, I think we have successfully plugged Film Hags, so I would like for you to please plug your cartooning. Like, where can people check out what you've got going on and, and tell us about your current works that you're doing? Yeah, I have a Patreon where I do like weekly comic strips about this character called Freddy. It's like just kind of like a fun kid character I've been drawing for a long time. Mm. And I send out like monthly mini comics of those to patrons. Um, And I'm also I'm currently working on a really long book that's based on my late grandfather's life. Mm. It's fictional, but it's... Is that the weight? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's called The Wait. My grandpa, before he died, he like took a creative writing class and he wrote this like memoir essay that I have and it has like all these great details about growing up like really poor in upstate New York. So I've been using that to kind of create this. It's kind of like John Steinbeck's one of my favorite authors and mm-hmm. I just really love kind of like family, like sagas. So it's it's sort of like that. It's probably going to be like, about 500 pages. I've been working on it for like wow, seven years. Five wow, years. that's awesome. But I, yeah, I have a pub. Uh, Drawn and Quarterly is publishing it. Whoa! So yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they're like my favorite publisher, probably. That's so great. It's wow. Very exciting. Cool. So, but I now also now like I have a deadline. So when ah, I didn't yeah, before. Sure. Get to work. Thank you for coming on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like we're. I feel like we're no. like risking your livelihood now. Yeah, well, people should people should check out mmmendez.com. We will obviously have links in the show notes, and I hope people will go check that out. I will call out, I saw this week, apparently John Steinbeck wrote a werewolf novel. Really? Oh. Have you heard about this? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, he wrote a werewolf novel, and his family is trying. <laughs> they won't release it. <laughs> His family is trying to keep them from releasing it. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, listen, like, don't release the werewolf novel. <laughs> I feel like he would be fine with that, though. Probably, but Mel, we want your werewolf novel. So please, you know, your your graphic novel, please, right after this, Drawn and Quarterly, Fanagraphics, whoever. Done. Mel, (laughs) thank you so much for coming. That was really, really fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And thank you for all of our guests. Thank you, Sophie and uh, Corey and Art and Kev and... 
boom. Oh, my hags are so supportive. I love you guys. Yeah, your hags are super supportive. Yeah. I love you so much. Check out Film Hags. Yeah, for sure. We're friends forever. And that's it for this episode of Dune Pod. I'm going to thank Jason and Mel for a really fun conversation. Next week, 70 millimeter month strikes back as we are joined by famous artist Danny Haas to discuss the classic ecological science fiction thriller by Miyazaki, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. If you're enjoying this podcast, follow us at DunePod on Instagram and Twitter and share our social media posts as it really helps new listeners find the show. And join our Discord server where you can hang out with us whenever you want. A link is in the show notes. You can find our full movie set list on the awesome movie social media site, Letterboxd. And use promo code DUNEPOD at checkout to save 20% on their pro or patron status. DUNEPOD is a tape deck podcast, John, a production of H Industries. Our artwork is by Catcher, and our theme music was composed by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. The episode was produced and edited by me, H. Thanks for listening. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs>